Hey, 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 it's Kadabra from Smoke to Smoke again, and I've got something very special to share. If you're a regular listener, you're probably familiar with my homies over at Moonwalker and 3 Chi. But guess what? Now, I've got a brand new company to share that's got a wide range of broad and full-spectrum CBD products. You might be wondering, how wide, Kadabra? Well, I'll tell you. Pinnacle Hemp has CBD bath and body products, capsules, carts, disposable vapes, dabbable concentrates, flour, and they've even got CBD pet products safe for your four-legged friends. But is that not enough? Well, when you use my link to check out their site, you'll be able to look into their catalog of rare cannabinoids as well, like Delta-8, hemp-derived Delta-9, HHC, THCV, and many more of your favorite letters. I know some of you Canna connoisseurs out there are looking for some very special letters in particular though, specifically the COAs, all of which you can view on Pinnacle Hemp's website. And don't forget to use the code CANA15 at checkout for 15% off your order. That's C-A-N-N-A-15 at checkout. Hello and welcome to Smoke to Smoke, the show that'll get you in the know about smoke and drill. I'm your host, Kadabra. With this podcast, I hope to inform you about the fast-growing world of cannabis. I'll be discussing strains, cannabis legislation, groundbreaking studies on the herb, and much more because there's a lot to cover. This podcast is for listeners 18 and up, so if you're a little kid, I'm going to have to ask you to leave for now. But when it's your time, I'll be here and just feel free to hop on back in. Thank you so much for tuning in. Let's get started. Hello again. For this week's episode of Smoke to Smoke, I'll be chatting with Black Butterfly, a.k.a. Miss Ebony Jones, to chat more about her pastry business, 828, being an ordained cannabis minister, and her experience as a person of color in an industry and in an area where there's not much representation. Although we're having a conversation about sweets starting out, Ebony's experience trying to just exist in a space with little representation and little cultural education is a story that is far less than delectable. Our chat gets heavy, and so with that, I must lead our episode with a trigger warning as we do talk about stigma, oppression, and racism. Some of what we say might strike a little too close to home for some of you listeners, and the last thing I want to do is trigger anybody. So here's my warning, because we're about to shed some light on the truth. Before we get started, though, I have a quick disclaimer. While I make an immense effort to broadcast accurate information, I'm not a doctor. I'm simply presenting my views based on what I gather from my own research. Please do not use this podcast as medical advice, and be sure to consult your physician for any medical issues you may be having. Thank you. Now let's light up and dig in. Hello, thank you so much for joining me today. So before we get started, can you tell me how you're doing and what you're smoking on? I am doing absolutely beautiful today. Um, It's been a a snow day, so I've been in the house a little bit. I had to leave to go and get me some weed, and I I went and got me some Uh mimosa. 
Um, and then I also have some Han Solo burger. So, you know, I got both of those rolled up for me at the moment. Very interesting. I've I've seen pictures of that Han Solo burger, but I've never tried some myself. Yeah, I mean, it's so far it's living up to its sativa, you know, strain specific. So I can't complain about that. Okay, okay. Very interesting. Well, if I ever come across it, I'm definitely going to have to try it out. I definitely suggest that you do. What you smoking on today? Uh, well, I had a little bit of Sour Joker before we got started. Sour Joker. Okay. I don't think I've heard of that strain before. What? It's also a sativa. Ooh, how'd you like it? I, I like my sativas. It's like a, a nice get up and go thing to just get me, like, gets me in the right headspace. Okay. All right. All right. I love that. love to hear that. And I just like, if anything else, I love like anything that's got a very sharp lemon smell to it. And this does. All right. I'm still trying to figure mine out. I just actually got a terpene test because I'm learning I have like ADHD. So I have to do ones that like aren't too much sativa, but you know, just enough that it doesn't send me into like mentally overdrive. So I'm like in between now. So I love that. I love to hear what other people feel about, you know, what they're trying these days. Nice. Yeah, so you need something that's not going to, like, send you into hyper-focus mm -hmm. mode, but just get you right where you need to be. Yes, and but indicas depress me too much, so I can't necessarily do indicas all the time. I love me a good GMO, though. Love me a good GMO, yeah. Mm, GMO. Yeah, that, that's a good one. Okay, okay. So, before we get into anything else, can you please introduce yourself for the folks at home? Well, yeah, I'm Ebony Jones. My name is Black Butterfly. Um, my main background is in pastry chef, but I relocated from Atlanta to Tulsa to work in the cannabis industry. That was pretty much my dream job. And I mean, I got out here and I really started pouring into my business, which is pastry chef. I started just going to different cannabis events and, you know, feeding them when they got the munchies and stuff. So, and then I'm kind of got into ordained ministry. So I look, do a, a mixture of everything, you know? <laughs> yeah, you do a little bit of everything and hopefully we'll get to cover everything today unless I forget something, in which case you will definitely have to fill in the gaps. Okay, so tell us why you're so passionate about cannabis and why it means so much to you. Um, I would say, for one, it started for me, I just, started consuming cannabis because I was in middle school and I was going through a rough time. But once I actually learned the benefits of it, um, I had a little cousin that died. He was diagnosed at five and a half, I do believe so, with a rare type of cancer. And he actually passed at seven. Oh, wow. And for me, it was weird going to a funeral. Like, you know, I mean, I had been to many funerals by that time, but going to a kid's funeral... It was weird, like, because, I mean, they didn't have his body in there or anything, but seeing those kids in there and they, like, were processing it, yeah. you know, knew what happened, didn't know what happened. Like, for me, I was like, why are they here? Like, why are y'all subjecting this, these kids to this? But then it was also like they had a piece of him, too. So why not allow them, a piece, you know, the chance to say goodbye? So after losing him... And so many, like, other aunts and uncles, the main ones that helped raise us and, like, seeing 
how it hurt my mom and her pushing to go to other hospitals and get research. Like she knew like, you know, okay, you got to go to a different state for cancer for this. And actually remembering and seeing when they like started trying like cannabis on one of my aunts, like really learning the medical side behind it and not just I'm getting high it started that as you can see it's such a story behind it that's why I'm passionate and you know thought cannabis would be my career path or should be my career path so yeah really it just it had an impact on you from a a younger age and then really seeing how once you started learning more about it about the effects it had that's when it had that really big impact for you Yes, for sure. Okay, okay. So tell us more about this pastry business. I believe it's called 828. Yes. Uh, so I've been pretty much baking pretty much all my life. My grandmother is a home economics teacher, and I didn't really realize it until everybody started asking me, like, when did this start? And, like, my mama used to take me to bakeries all the time, and we would just get sweets. She loves sweets. I love sweets. We would just go and buy cookies, so... I graduated from Le Cordon Blue, and once I moved out here and COVID hit, I had to pivot. So I really was like, I mean, I already baked stuff, and I really just started focusing on selling stuff by the slice. Um, just kind of seeing out there, getting out there, seeing what people liked, and I found my main desserts that people really liked. So sweet potato pie is a bestseller, um, key lime pie, but. I'm not going to lie. I just be baking stuff that I like. I'm be baking like German chocolate cake. I, I do. I bake all the stuff that I like to eat. And I just go and sell it. And I might get a slice at the end of the day. But no, I really, <laughs> I really, um, I really just love hearing like the feedback from my customers and the different things and what they like to try. I get people to ask me to try stuff that I've never tried before and I just feel like, yeah, I can do it, and I've never tried, and I just see how it goes. Oh, so what's been the most interesting thing you've tried to bake? Oh, my goodness. Girl, I can tell you off the rip. Oh, my goodness. Let me, I'm a, I, this last Thanksgiving, I had somebody reach out to me. Apparently, she just got diagnosed with all of these allergies, mm -hmm. right? So, these are her allergies. She's allergic to strawberries, bananas, cucumbers, pecans, coconut, peanuts, corn, soy, wheat, seafood, oats, potato, rice, and she's lactose intolerant. Okay. And you're coming to me asking me to make a pie. So you want like a nothing pie. Shit. <laughs> oh my goodness. So because I've also like, I was getting out here, people were getting to know me and I'm like, they're like, do you make gluten free? And I'm like, no, but challenge accepted okay <laughs> so i started making gluten free and then people like do you make vegan i'm like no but i'll take that challenge too so now people know okay she accommodates so she at least tries so when she came to me with this pie i was like okay well tell me what you can eat and that was still because literally all the things that i substitute for my vegan stuff she couldn't eat so I had to make it work and like use chickpea flour, you know, receiving feedback. Um, yeah, that was, it was a little doozy for me, but I mean, I've worked in a daycare and had to deal with allergies and stuff. So eh, I would say that like having to accommodate for allergies and how, 
high fructose corn, all this stuff is changing everyone's bodies every day. I'm having to accommodate for something else. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's true. Because uh, it just seems like oh, stuff doesn't really taste the same. No. Mm-mm. And it's really like I, I, I've cut down a lot of the my salt intake and a lot of my sugar intake because I noticed after a while it was just building and building up. And I still admittedly have my like sugary drinks as my like, downfall, but I, I do a lot of baking as well. I used to make cheesecakes. I can make like a honey lavender cheesecake. Um, I'd made stuff for like Halloween. I, was, I think that was like a pumpkin cheesecake, just different stuff, but it was just so many different sweets. Constantly had to find ways to cut corners. And my mom as well, like she loves sweet potato pie, but she has diabetes. So she's been trying to find ways to make all her favorite goodies while still cutting the sugar. And she's been substituting a lot of that with, with Splenda. And I'm, well, basically, let me let me get to the point. Do you make sugar free? Oh, man. I, <laughs> I've tried one. They gave me some feedback. They told me it was dry. And I was like, oh, they said it tasted good, but it was dry. But literally, that's what comes with the trying the different stuff, you know. And like, I mean, <laughs> because for me, I always having the substituted stuff i still want it to taste good you know so i really yeah. appreciate the feedback and trying different stuff so i have did some um i have did um what is it sugar-free stuff i tried monk fruit i did i got a, a cookie that came out really good um so i have tried with different things because people do they see i can do vegan stuff and they do ask me to try so i did a german i want to say it was a german chocolate cake but also trying the different things. So, you know, if you if people are willing to work with me and the taste testing and the trying and stuff, we can make something work, okay? I got stuff, something for everybody as much as I can, you know? So I, I, I hate it that people can't enjoy, like, desserts. I mean, because sweets will get you. They get me. Yeah. They get me all the time. So I understand trying to cut back and just do things differently, so... Yeah, I was like, I, I got to cut back on the sweets. I was like, I was making like a, a cheesecake at least every two weeks. And they're big cheesecakes out of those, um, I don't know what the pans are called, but they're the really tall ones that kind of look like. The spring form pans? Yeah, the spring form pan. Oh, so, oh, yeah. And they was getting you to, I know, sweet. Yeah. I know, girl, I know. I had to, had to slow down because I was making that and cookies and I was doing like pretzels dipped in chocolate and I wanted to get into infusing treats as well and it's like see if I do that it's over man I'm trying to tell you so that's honestly that's something that I'm really been thinking about for this new year because mm-hmm. I mean I just it just because I mean we that's one of the things that we are as a people are trying to get better at like health wise you know cutting back understanding that the things that you feed your body like it's food for your body so it might not necessarily be helping with your mental health so that's something that i'm battling with right now i mean this it it, see it literally it it pays the bills but is it helping america you know Mm -hmm. so um because i mean my mom has diabetes and I feel, not saying I feel responsible for it, but sometimes I do feel like I enable it or, you know, I help, like, add to Because, I mean, I know my shit is good. I'm not going to lie. I eat it. But it's also, like, I do want to 
be better and think about, you know, how I can help better this world, you know? Mm. Yeah, I mean, like, that's something that I think about too at times. It's like, my mom and I could throw down on the sweets, but maybe we threw down a little bit too much on the yeah. sweets. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel that. I feel it so much. Because I'm, you know, I was, when I was in middle school, I was in a size 14 in like sixth grade. So I also mm-hmm. understand like that being overweight and like trying to fight that because that's something mentally I fight that also, you know, everybody be like, you're like, you're so small. And, you know, like they just assume that, you know, because you're smaller, you don't fight certain battles. But nah, sometimes I yeah. feel like it's a, a eating thing or like, you know, okay, I was once overweight. So let me work on this. Or when I start gaining a little too much weight, I'll be like, all right. Let me dial it back. Cause my mom was letting me eat a family size thing of macaroni by myself. Oh, yeah, okay. from KFC, and you know, so you know, we didn't we didn't talk about the unhealthy heating, especially in in black families. You know, nobody yeah. talks about it. We just keep eating, and I don't want to keep being the the person that helps. You know, with that. So I got a found though. I'm thinking about pivoting with eight twenty eight. I'm not sure just yet. Yeah, and I mean, because like, in, really in like black families, it's all about like putting meat on your bones uh-huh. and just good fixing mm. family gatherings. Like everybody's bringing a few different dishes. It's a mm. whole elaborate thing. But really, when um, my mom got diagnosed with diabetes and everything that went down with her, I, it made me just like have a moment of clarity. Like, well, I have an opportunity to get ahead of this. So I got to like, let me make choices now, drinking more water if I can, Um, just like, okay, like replace this energy drink with a water. Or if I'm going to have a a soda, um, one soda, match that with two bottles of water. Okay. I like that. I like that. Just finding ways to just replace it and like replace it, you know, even slowly Mm -hmm. like that. Yeah, I'm definitely going to work on that. That's my thing. Ooh, because I'm telling you, these sweets be getting me, but I got to do something. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, back to the sweets. What kind of events do you cater? Um... So I'm where I wanted to get more into catering, like you know, actually dropping off events. I've catered a few this year, like Home is where the weed is. Um, that's an event where um the founder Tara, what is her last name? I am so really. Oh my goodness, I know so many people by their Instagram names, but her name is Tara. Um, she hosts an event that's is cannabis friendly. But it's for raising awareness of moms that have autistic children or children with diabetes, uh, not diabetes, disabilities, even diabetes. Um, um, Trap karaoke, I go and pop up to different stuff like that. So it can be a serious event. It can be a fun event. Okay. Um, Yeah, it just depends on exactly what it is. Yoga, I do podcasts. So I've had someone ask me to pull up and like cater small stuff for like that. So yeah, just depends on what you want, you know. So, so now I know you can you can pull up to the podcast spot with some sweet potato mm-hmm. pie. Okay, okay. Yes, yes. However, you would like um, it. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. So what's what's been like the most interesting event that you've catered for? Uh, that's a good question. Oh, 
the most interesting oh my goodness it has been quite a busy year so okay let me let me see let me see let me see oh it's been a busy year Ugh. i don't know i'm not even i mean i did an album release party last you know what i actually have did two album release parties this year and those were the most i mean i've gotten used to doing the cannabis mm -hmm. ones but to be asked for desserts for like people you know i'm like dang people just really just be eating pie by the slice at different you know oh so you don't do it like it's not 100 percent infused like some of them are just regular pies oh no girl it'd be all regular pies oh, <laughs> yeah i mean by request you know i mean somebody like because if it's an event where they're um they're looking at or checking on my cards or something like that and i know the people have their medical cards then they can purchase you know i do patient to patient something you know you can purchase something like that and then you as a patient can give to other patients but i mostly just be there for the munchies you know i heard the girl scout cookie the girl scouts did that one time they went and set up outside of dispensary and i was like bro i'm about to learn today and I just start going to sell non-infused pies. Mm -hmm. oh. I mean, but I had I worked in the cannabis industry for since I've been down here. Girl, I just got fired from my job a couple months ago. Oh, okay. So, um, but I have, but yeah, I just be doing non-infused pies because people just be having the munchies and they don't be wanting to get high after they've already smoked and got the munchies out. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Like, if they're eating like slice after slice of this infused pie, like, that sounds like trouble. Nah, uh-uh, no. I gotta hope. Okay. Yeah. And I also noticed you said um, medical card too. So, like, where are you based? Because I thought you were in like a recreational state. No, I'm in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Oh. It is okay. So it is medical out here. You have to get your license, but they move real recreational out here. They're pushing to go rec in March, or it's on the ballot for March, I do believe. So, but yeah, they don't move. Um, they don't move for a minute. I don't have my license to actually do uh, edibles out here. Uh -huh. So selling, like, you know, I, I give away, you know, edibles pretty much. And if you would like to, you know, donate to my business, like, you know, so I'm looking to raise money to get my food license. But other than that, you know, I just make stuff where I show patients how to make their products. Oh, okay. So it's like a cooking class. Mm -hmm. Yes, I can do cooking classes. You know, I'm just, I'm all about education and keeping on the medical side. You sound just like, just so busy. You got so much stuff going on. <laughs> yes, man, I I do. Um, but <coughs> being a full-time entrepreneur <coughs> now <coughs> and just trying to stay focused, stay encouraged, you know, in the process. Yeah. Okay, okay. So, um, do you have a shop online for your pies and like, or is this like really only like an in-person type of thing? Just asking because I want to know if I should be waiting by the mailbox for my slice grower. <laughs> um, so by the slice, oh my goodness, I would like to figure that out. Um, cause everybody's been asking me how they can get this sweet potato pie for the holidays. Like a lot of people are upset. I'm not coming back home. Um, because I make everything fresh, 
but um, I also I make other things like shea butters and a CBD oh. CBD shea butter, and I sell uh, pre rolls and stuff like that. Those are you can get those on the website at eight twenty eight LLC. You can also order cakes online if you are here in Tulsa. You know you can pick that up. But I am looking into especially the vegan and gluten free treats. At least offering cookies or something like that on the website so people in other states can try different things but you know right now shoot i be doing the events and by the slice that's what's working but i'm, I'm ready to pivot okay, okay new year new changes okay yes now on my show i've host a game night that at least once a month or every other month that and it's called a puff and play. However, you have an in-person event called a puff and plant. Can you tell us more about it? Yes. So that event is hosted with one of my business partners, Jasmine Frost. And we love to do it when it's warm outside. Um, So not now. Yeah. um, But we're looking to also host it indoor also. It's been, girl, it's like Armageddon in Oklahoma right now. So, oh my goodness, I'm fighting to actually go outside and interact with people. So I would love to host it at the top of the year, looking at maybe March, April. Um, But we love, because for one, the purpose of the puffin plant is to ground yourself and to be outside, Um, to really be able to put your hands in the dirt. So you come to the event and you are able to, you get a pot, you get some paint, you get seed paper and you're able to listen to sound bowls while you're outside. It's actually also centered around the full moon or the new moon. And you'll be actually setting your intentions on this seed paper. And you can plant it after you have painted your pie. And pretty much you can take it home and watch it grow. If you have your dirt, you're able to interact. You can also partake in your own cannabis. My friend Jasmine, my business partner Jasmine, she also um, sells um what is plant intentions, which is a herbal blend. So chamomile, she has a positive puff, um, a relaxed puff, um, a love puff, and there's one more that I can't think of at the moment. But we also offer those teas, just things that pretty much stimulate you and prepare you for the new, the new moon, the new season setting your intentions and being in the environment. And we also have a sound bowl going also. So it's just an environment we like to open up um, to where you can bring a blanket, you know, sit out. It can be like a date night thing. You know, you can talk, have community. We offer snacks and desserts. And we also have vendors come out. So we also like to offer free free um, vendor fees pretty much where you don't have to pay. And we just kind of circulate. But most of our vendors go with the vibe of the event. Oh, okay. Very cool. Because, like, there's a lot of places where it's like, okay, you pay $30 at the door to get in, and then you're paying, like, $60 to get a, a sub sandwich and, like, for fry, and then going to all these different vendors, and you end up spending a whole bunch of money if you're wanting to do that and get something cool from somebody that's selling, like, a nice piece Man, no. So, and then that's the thing. Like, vendors don't always make this money back. So, offering them a free vendor space sometimes it's just like, okay, even if I make five dollars, I didn't have to pay fifty dollars. And then our tickets are we we keep them at a pretty decent price because for one, you know, I feel like healing shouldn't be expensive. Mm-hmm. 
you know so we tried to keep it you know under 50 60 dollars and we just grow with each one you know you get to take a plant home you get the experience you know we also offer other things we do raffles and just make sure that you don't just leave with you know you leave with something whether it's somebody yeah like whether it's meeting somebody the different vendors all of my every most of my events are catered towards healing um, circulating dollars with other small business owners because I'm a small business owner. I host 828 Day also, which is like a day where I purchase, I have sponsors purchase products from 10 to 15 different small business owners and I give them away raffles when you walk in. You might get a gift bag or something and you come and you circulate dollars with the other small business owners that are there. So we all out here trying to eat. So that's, that's I'm really big on circulating the dollars and just promoting healing and healthy cannabis consumption. It sounds like a very positive community for building small businesses and just building building yourself. Yes, man. Um, I mean, this is my first time, you know, having to really dig into myself. And, you know, I'm away from my family. Uh, my sister is out here, but she's a few hours away. Um, but really having to learn myself and, you know, do some shadow work. It's, man, healing. Everybody think you just heal, and one day you just like, oh, my goodness, it's butterflies. Uh-uh. No, it's, a, it's literally a lifelong process. So. Yeah, there's highs and lows. Mm-hmm. It feels like you're regressing. Just it takes time. Man, so I do feel Tulsa has right now a community of people that everybody's in the same place. So it's it's good to have that support and like, a, hey, you know, your vibrations are low. It's understood. I'm not going to hold you on it, but just know, don't stay in it too long. We got an event going on over here, you know, that's promoting, you know, mental health, health like wellness. You can come cry and then we'll go have a good time over here afterwards. You know, so it's a great community here. Nice. So how long have you been hosting these events? <laughs> um, oh my goodness, it's so crazy. This last year has been busy. Um, At the top of the year, okay, so let's rewind. My birthday last year, I went and did a photo shoot because I was depressed for the first year and a half that I was here. I was without my family. COVID mm-hmm. was hitting like I was the only black female at my job. I was just like losing my mind. So I vowed for like the next year. I just wrote all these events down that I wanted to host. Um, and I just started hosting them. So it's been a year. We've hosted two, three, two of them, two of them. Oh my goodness. I've just set a goal to just host like five or six events this year. And when I say I looked back today and oh my goodness, if I wasn't at a pop-up, I was hosting an event. It's been a very beautiful, it's been a trying year, but socially, business-wise, it's been a very beautiful year. See, that's what I'm talking about. So busy. <laughs> like five, five events. Man. Uh, let me and I let me see 424 828 we hosted three um I did an elephant in the room 
Yeah, it's been probably probably like seven or eight, and then I collaborated with a lot of people. If I'm telling you, I've prayed for the, everything everyone sees now. They'd be like, oh, you've been... No, man, this past year, everybody keeps saying that. Look, January to July and July to December was two different years. It was. It felt like we was in a twilight zone this year. <laughs> <laughs> man, it's been such... I can't like... When I looked back, I was like, Oh my goodness! This was all in one year. It, it's it's been crazy, but I, I've been I've seen what I was capable of this year. Yeah, I saw your Instagram reel, and you said that was only up until August, and it was yeah. <laughs> Oh my goodness, it was mind-blowing. Like, I was a little sad today. And when I did that reel, I was like, yo, like, what are you sad for? Like, I think I'm in a transition phase right now where I'm just like, I'm a little low on energy. And I realized today is like, because you've been kicking ass all year. And it's okay for me to say that. I've been feeling like, i just been hustling. i just been hustling. Yeah, but I still, I nobody understand all that this year has it's been a year man it's been a since moving out here it's been it's been a time and i want to definitely talk a little bit more about this but next up i want to ask you what it's like being a cannabis friendly ordained minister um i did my first wedding this year also it was so cool so that's that was another highlight of my year it was cool because i really at first i was like oh yeah we're just gonna do it we're gonna smoke but then when the day came i was like no like this this is a union this is like i needed to pray i needed to like i had to make sure i was in the right head space to you know join somebody in a union so it was cool i've gotten a lot of great feedback on it um, my first wedding was one of my business partner, Jasmine, that I host the event with. So to be able to like, you know, just take the steps and, you know, my grandma gave me some pushback cause I didn't think, she didn't think I was going to take it serious. I feel, but I felt it the day of like, this is something different, you know, like I want to be that person that is a great experience. Like, you know, no, she made my wedding. It wasn't like, oh, she just came and smoked weed with us. No, she actually cared for our union and how we felt we were nervous she prayed with us so i'm excited to do my next one i'm very excited to do my next one i've got a lot of people reach out um i haven't had too much pushback on it you know um i would say maybe family members have been the only pushback i've gotten but i mean it's just been a conversation and you know i choose whether i'm gonna allow the opinions to affect me or not and keep pushing Okay. <clears throat> so I need to clear my throat before I uh, open my mouth. My bad. No, uh, um, so you said you weren't really facing any type of like pushback or stigma. So that's really good. I was um, expecting some type, at least like um, the religious community or like your like if you have a church community that you normally go to anyway, like they would kind of be like, well, why are you smoking weed and praying and um, it was most. I would say it was mostly my my grandmother's like that heart Christian, mm-hmm. and my, I would feel like my dad, which is so crazy, because he smokes weed too. So I was surprised when he said something. But also, they're them old school Christians, like a, this is how you show up, you know. So, and yeah. I was surprised at how many people were like, 
oh my goodness, this is so like I was expecting more pushback, you know, but I think it still hit me a little bit harder because it 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 was pushed back from the people that I expected. So I don't know why I still let it bother me as much. You know what I'm saying? But we had a conversation. My grandma was like, all right. She's always told me I wasn't going to make it in the cannabis industry. So when it was time yeah. for us to have that conversation, she ain't even, I was like, I'm not going to talk about this with you. Like, <laughs> I feel you. I still love my God. Like, you know, it is what it is. I pray. So and she was like, all right, you know what? All right. I'm not going to argue. So I was like, all right. Word up. Yeah, because like I wouldn't I wouldn't say I necessarily came from a family of old school Christians, although kinda. But at the same time, it's really just like this one family member I got in mind in particular that I just I see that as like a no fly that if he found out I was like a medical cannabis patient or if I had a podcast where I'm talking to other people about weed, oh it man, it would be up and stuck there. It would be a bad like man. <laughs> Wow, that's yeah. I just I don't know. There's just I would love to share that with part of my family, but I feel like there's still a big stigma within. There was really a stigma within uh, my family to talk about my mental health when I first told them about that. Mm. Uh, After I didn't say anything about um, the my depression, the issues I was having for at least a few years until after I moved and let them know when they were just like didn't really know how to handle it. It was like kind of the um, response that I was expecting. It's taboo. You said it, 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 was, it was the response. You yes. Were yeah, okay. but I was expecting them to not really know how, like it was taboo, like we don't really talk about that. Mm-hmm. Like really anytime I, my, when I was younger, my mom didn't really understand my depression. She definitely understands it now as we had more conversations. But when I was younger, she always just thought like, oh, well, people get sad all the time. That's no big deal. No, man, like, I don't think people, that, man, that's just something in our community that we have to break, and sometimes it's hard, because I feel like I'm the one in our family, like, especially when I came out here, like, I was like, oh, no, we're going to talk about my feelings. I'm a Virgo, too. Yeah, yeah, me, too. So I be forcing people to, I be like, no, nah, we're going to talk, bro, like, I got to get this out, you know, when they're dealing with, like, sexual trauma and different stuff, like, you know. I went through stuff. When I started smoking weed, like, my mom was trying to force me to stop, but she didn't know I was coping with shit, like, you know. So to actually sit and have these hard conversations and difficult conversations that we're not used to having and confronting, like, hey, you know, certain things probably have happened in your watch that, you know, not saying you got to be held accountable for, but, you know, just acknowledge, and it may help my mental, my mental wellness. Just acknowledge that, I can be struggling and it's okay that I'm struggling with my mental health because it's difficult to be happy all the time sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's it's a push to, you know, it's like we, especially being black in America, being just a woman, a per- just being alive sometimes. Like, bro, it's, it, it be tough some days, you know, to just, you know, be grateful and just not be sad. You know, sometimes it's just your body that feels that way. That's where the eating healthy and getting active and different things come into play. But not everybody can, you know, fight those fights every day. Yeah, it's really not everybody knows how to get the help to get the resources mm-hmm. that they need, especially if they don't really have anybody around them that wants to talk about it. Mm-hmm. 
And we do a lot of that, you know. That's why I'm, I be doing them videos, you know, like the one I did. What happens in this house stays in this house, you know. Yep, I heard yeah. that a lot. Mm-hmm. Well, to I look when I tell you, I didn't put any anything that would make that real trend on that video, and I got more comments and likes on like any video than I ever did. I had like th- almost three hundred people like that video and comment, you know, and and just say like, "Wow, you know, like this hits home." So many people reached out. That's why I host the elephants in the room with Ebby because we don't, my family don't talk about it. So I'm going to talk about it with other people that want to talk about it. Now, staying on the topic of stigma, uh, this was very important to me because I wanted to discuss this with you and share this with the audience. Um, Beyond cannabis, uh, I am a black woman that was born in Detroit, but now I found myself living in Arkansas with my husband, and it was to complete my business degree and for work. However, one thing is that I can't help but notice is that despite having so many faces around me, I often don't see anybody that looks like me, and it's very lonely. Mm. And I'm aware that you experienced that feeling too in Oklahoma, so I just wanted you to share your experience with the folks at home. Um. Let me see, I got out here right before the pandemic, literally like 2020. And I'm from Atlanta and they say, I didn't realize it. They say in Atlanta, when you, you don't know you black until you leave Atlanta or something like that, or because there's so many black faces that, you know, you don't realize it. I mean, I, mean, I also was raised in a small town called Rockmart, Georgia, where, I mean, we was a little bit separated, but I mean, I still, I was the one that hung out with that was I was the cousin that was considered the one that acted white because we moved to a a, a town like 15 20 minutes away so it was predominantly white at one point when I was there but like I mean once it started changing they intermingled schools I was around more black people but it still was a predominantly white school predominantly white teachers so I don't know I wasn't expecting to come to Oklahoma and it be such a culture shock. Like when I got here, I was just like, bro, where are the black people? Like what is going on? Oh my goodness. Like I just, I just didn't understand. So, um, but because I was so used to hanging with white people in like high school and different stuff. Cause I mean, my cousins, when I would go back home, they'd be like, oh my goodness, she acts so white. Like, you know, because I talk proper or different things. So <laughs> I was like, okay, this isn't going to be too hard. Oh, nah, bro. Like the first year was so difficult. Like it was so difficult. I had coworkers and pretty much when I like didn't fall in line with, I had one coworker, he was like Hispanic and white, but he's like, different man like this motherfucker tattooed the fuck up but he got like a kid he's like the best dad ever but he be on some wild rock star type shit mm-hmm. but when he switched to daddy mode like he's like the best fucking dad but they ain't really like fuck with him he was like the outsider and i just didn't fuck with the way that they treated him so when i didn't fall in line with their like little cult shit like they hated us like these motherfuckers would eat like get breakfast in the morning and like wouldn't get us shit like it was just like the most toxic and weird situation ever. Like the first potluck we had, this girl was like, oh, I know you making soul food. Oh. Uh, what? Oh my goodness. One, one lady, one of the supervisors, she was like, man, I swear my daddy got some black in him because that motherfucker be late everywhere he go. 
And then another person asked me, "Have it? What do you, what do you know for like when you make your lips big? You know to like hit a blunt." And I was like, "I mean, I don't know." And this girl was like, "I don't even know why he asked you. Like he's trying to ask you, do you know what nigger lipping is?" Oh, I was like, God. "What? What? Like what? Like what? Like I was, and it would be so." so to the point that where I wasn't like used to these things and like I had to like be like am I like am I supposed to say something am I supposed to come across as the mad black woman like one girl this is song by Bryson Tiller are you probably it's like young nigga young nigga your friends back to then tell them come with you and we like bro and she was saying that shit like out here in Oklahoma because like it's so like I'm not gonna this is the I've never seen this amount of poor white people. And that's just, in my opinion, coming from where I've come from. Like, I've met, and people that come down here and visit, they be like, oh my goodness, this is crazy. But me, I feel like because of the Tulsa Race Massacre and the Trail of Tears, this land is cursed. So you can't, you know, like, it's not going to rebuild itself because it's so much blood here. Yeah. But it's like when I had to tell like this girl like, hey, can you not say this word? Like, oh, you ain't supposed to. Say. And it was she was like, what? What do you mean? And one guy he tell me about a movie and he said, and I'm like, hey, like it makes me uncomfortable. Like, so for a while we was all cool and we was friends. But when I started speaking up and being like, yo, like y'all getting a little too comfortable, you're getting a little too comfortable for me. And like eventually, like I fucking spaz and like I was like bro I'll quit I quit my job I was like I'll fucking I will go figure this shit out I, I don't give a fuck. like I'm not I'm not dealing with this shit no more because I if you want to be honest I'm the only one in this motherfucker with a degree but y'all question my my knowledge every other week so I, I ended up quitting after like I want to say like a year and a half year and a half but somebody bought the company and I ended up going to work with them, helping develop uh, different products and stuff. But as I continued to grow within my business, they decided, oh, we know you're going to leave the company soon. So we're going to promote the Caucasian woman up under you so that when you decide you're ready to leave the company, you can leave. And then when I wouldn't sign a contract that pretty much gave over the rights to my recipes and my knowledge or my intellectual property that they were paying me for but wouldn't give me a raise for, they let me go. Wow. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and that's just in, within the company, you know? I mean, I've worked at this uh, dispensary before and this lady had mixed kids and she's like, my kids tell me I act niggerish all the time. What is going on? Bro, I'm, I'm telling you, this was literally like my first year and a half. Like I literally had to sit down and pray to God for other people that looked like me and under, like I, I had to, I had to. And I've, that's why this past year has been just like me meeting people and us being like, let's collaborate, let's do shit. Like what's, what you got going, like, you know, Girl, I started, my therapist told me to start, it's this program called Tulsa Remote, which is pretty much they bring in remote workers to Tulsa to probably try to build up the um, the economy, 
the money here or whatnot, gentrifying it pretty much. Okay. Um, which is needed, especially in like the North Tulsa area, because it's very divided here, bro. Like, you got if you don't know where the black people lay here, you got to go find them. I would go to Greenwood. I would, you know, I would go and real like I was so I was just tired of being like sad, bro. I just I just couldn't. I could. I was just tired of being sad and just like being the only black person in the room. I just couldn't do it no more. I couldn't do the questions and the like. Hey, do you know what song this is? I don't even listen to rap, motherfucker. I got listen to a little bit, but I listen to Erica Badu. You know what I'm saying? So, so it's. It's made me, you know, my, but my grandmother was a school teacher in the fucking, what, 50s, 60s? Only black teacher. So she would be like, baby, I know you got to thicken your skin. And that shit hurt me so bad when she would tell me that. Like, bro, are you serious? Yeah, I mean, it hurt me when my mom had to say the bro. same thing to me. Because I'm like, why are, are people asking me if I'm from Nigeria? That's some bullshit, bro. These people don't know how to fucking talk to fuck. Excuse me for doing all this cussing on your podcast. No, that's fine. You can cuss on the podcast. It's cool. <laughs> but no, like, literally, this is legit, like, and just being, like, you know, like, I still go to, I've cut back on events this past year because I'm tired of being invited as your your one black person that's going to show up to this event because you're not advertising. So you're not even trying to get people of my color in your events. You know what I'm saying? I know there's, there's like, do you know how many moms out here that's probably struggling or they need, like, Oma cars for their kids and they don't have these events? So now we got to host these events. And I don't even got, you know, to just reach out because y'all don't, y'all don't cater or y'all don't try, you know? Yeah. So, or I got to be the one that had these conversations. So who do you feel like the show pony at times? Bro. And then, like, shit, even still, like, Tulsa, the black Tulsans be like, man, fuck that. Fuck them white people. They don't be fucking with nobody. Bro, it's so divided out here. So then it's like, okay, so are we going to continue to just be separated? Because, I mean, money is green, if you want to be honest. That's how I be looking at it. Mm. If you had anybody, if you haven't heard of the Tulsa Race Massacre, look it up. So black Tulsans be, it, it is a little divided. It's still, it's it's quite a different, it's, it's different out here. But, I mean, a lot of the people that I have built relationships with have been, like, the the people that aren't from here. I have a few people that are from here that, you know, I've built connections with. But it, it, it's been quite a journey, bro. Like, I could, I could tell you stories. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, after this, we definitely don't have to uh, keep touch base and keep talking. Cause like this, this crazy. I got some stories, bro. <laughs> ah, that's what, man, bro. I just, uh, it, it has to, it's the conversations. I know it's more people. That's why I be talking about it. It make me uncomfortable, and they, they expect us not to. I get nervous about talking about it sometimes. You know, cause they got the money to. Be like, oh, defamation of character, but no, nah, it's just real shit. Yeah, yeah. Just like, there's times I have to take a step back. Like, where, where am I right now? <laughs> I, I, I didn't grow up all my life in Detroit. I spent a lot of my time in Tennessee, and there, it's very like, it's um, a mixed community. There's a lot mm-hmm. of Arabic people as well, and it, I never really felt like, I, I, 
there was a lot of black people that do country music too right yeah like i I never really felt like kind of out of line i always felt like there was somebody there maybe there wasn't like a whole bunch of black people but there was definitely more than i had here man no uh i feel you i i feel it's and it's a feeling of just like I, I never wanted to just have a black friend so bad. Yeah. But you are the only person and you'd be like, just one guy, just send me two people. Right, oh my God. And like, it's like, I'm at the grocery store. I'm like, oh, look, it's a black person. Oh, snap. <laughs> Man, it's like the way it's so, and people just don't know, like, especially when you try to explain it to your white friends. Or, you know, when you just, so man, yeah, if you ever come on down to Tulsa, we'll show you a good time. I swear we will. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm like, I keep trying to tell my mom, like, hey, mom, you need to, like, come down and visit. She's like, are you serious? Like, with the stuff you tell me, like, are you serious right now? And like, okay, like, it's it's beautiful, though. It's really, really scenic. But you, I mean, also, you got to try to try to build that, you know, or see, like, because, I mean, they got a black in Tulsa group, like, and they, we get talked about for being segregated, but when you're really just trying to find a safe space, mm. man, fuck with everybody, you just got to say, because I'm just trying to find a safe space, because some, you might, you might understand what I go through as a woman or being at a grocery store and dealing with small shit, but you don't understand what it feel like to talk to somebody and they don't under they question your your intelligence yeah so mm-hmm. yeah, I, mean, yeah. I, I haven't had that happen to me personally but my mom has told me like it was something simple like she used the word doppelganger and, and her course was like i'm surprised you even know what that means you must oh. have gone to college man you know, I, it didn't happen in Oklahoma, but when I was in Georgia, right before the job before this, I worked at a daycare, and I read a lot of books. So we were doing something, and the assignment was like write a response to how you would write up a, a note, like a, a um, like a what is it, like an accident report. And when I read mine out loud, she was like, "Say that again." She was like, "You wrote that?" Oh. And I was like, oh, you got me fucked up. Yes, I wrote that. I am very intelligent, baby. I can write something that you probably can So sometimes it'd be like, oh, but then you cannot respond as an angry black woman because that's exactly how they expect you to respond, right? The strength that it takes to be a black woman, bro, to be black, to just be, I don't know. So yeah. So think about creating those spaces. You need them. That's exactly why I create them and I host them because I be needing people to talk to. You know. Yeah, I definitely need to create more spaces out here. I've tried to do that with my podcast, and I've got a lot of friends that I've made online, but I need more people in person. Mm-hmm. Even just looking to different Facebook groups. That's one of the ways that I've coped and found like looking at events online, going to different events, just facing my fears of going like somebody just told me yesterday like I remember when you were so scared to talk to people like to see you now because I literally would sit in the car and cry and be like all right suck it up go in here and network go in here and talk to some people go to a pot like pushing myself to talk to more people because I was tired of feeling isolated because it'll weigh on your mental you know yeah so definitely think about it So what events have been your go-to like networking events to connect with more people of color? 
Mm. And I honestly, it hasn't been the cannabis events um, out here. Um, I've connected with more so. Um, I would say it'd probably be five black people at some of the cannabis events out here, just depending on which ones you go to. Mm. We create them, but I would say, like I said, those uh, Tulsa remote programs, because a lot of their remoters seem to be of color and they host a lot of free events that provide educational um, resources, uh, resources for business. So that was one thing that I took from my therapist for sure. She said she had a lot of a lot of uh, people that were in social remote. So I really needed to um, start going to those events. So um, when it comes to business and wanting like a bougier vibe sometimes and just wanting to not, you know, just be like, in the smoke setting or something. I definitely go to Tulsa Remote events. Oh, I used to go to Greenwood Gallery, but they got shut down. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Because they host, they allowed somebody to deliberate a chicken wing contest. So they evicted them. Oh, wow. Yeah. But they're gentrifying. I mean, I feel like they're buying up the blocks downtown on Greenwood. So that was one of the reasons why, you know, they can, you know, they can charge somebody else more to be in that space. Because, I mean, Tulsa's like Atlanta is. It's about to grow. I've watched it grow just in the time of me being here. <laughs> so that's, that is one place that I really used to go to, like, before the, the, the networking events. The Greenwood Gallery, man. And it hurts me that that place is closed down because... That was where the elders would come and like talk to us, and like when we had nowhere else to go, like we would go there, and a lot of us used to congregate there, like. And it wasn't the club, it wasn't, but it could feel like it. You know, we would chill outside, and you know they host all the festivals down there, and that was like the spot. And I feel like it has changed a lot since it's closed a whole lot. So, it's like a pillar in a community that's like gone now. Yeah. So, yeah. And retros, if you come here, it's like a little juke joint, but I don't feel like it's like our age group, but it's still like a good little crowd and, you know, spot to go to. Okay. okay. And finally, from the serious questions, because this, we got into a real deep chat. Yeah, man. It's been a good chat. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what elements have you tried to implement to cope with these feelings of isolation? Um, oh, that's a good one. Um, I would say asking myself why I'm being isolated in this moment, you know, um, and learning to love myself and find ways to love myself in this isolation. And <clears throat> finding different ways to expand my imagination to where I don't feel like I'm by myself. So reading, um, watching comedy movies are things that'll take me outside of feeling so isolated. Um, and like I, we talked about, going to different networking events or just getting out, trying different things for sure. Trying things I've never tried before. Um, 
<laughs> making myself very uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and seeing how it goes. Yeah, so really trying to have new experiences, try to get yourself in a good mind space by watching good movies and just reminding yourself that um, despite the isolation, at least you still have yourself and just to keep yourself grounded. Yes. Yes, because I want to be happy with being by myself, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, like even because... It's all for a reason. I really try to remind myself that it's all for a reason. And if I get tired of it, I can, you know, change it and, you know, go from there. All right. All right. Hey, yo, it's Katara from Smoke to Smoke. I want to give y'all the 411 on a company with great Delta 8 and rare cannabinoid products that can be delivered right to your door. If you're looking for some high quality rare cannabinoid products, look no further. My boys over at Moonwalker have got you covered. If you're looking for a wide range of quality rare cannabinoid tinctures, gummies, vapes, topicals, and even gummy sampler packs for you to try out just a taste of some of their delicious cannabinoid treats before committing to a bottle, check out Moonwalker. And when you go to the site, don't forget to use the code smoke to smoke 420 to save some cash the next time you want to stock up your stash. Again, that's S-M-O-K-E-T-O-S-M-O-K-E-420 to save a little bit off on me. It means a lot. And now, switching gears from this heavy conversation before we finish with today's amazing chat, let's take a smoke break. Today, to keep in theme with something that's both heavy yet sweet, let's talk about a heavy indica called blueberry scone. Blueberry Scone is an indica-dominant hybrid strain with mysterious origins, although it is suspected that this strain's parents might be Commerce City and The One. The aroma is subtly sour, earthy, and has hints of a sweet blueberry. The effects of this strain hits right in the eyes and lingers like a cozy headband around my eyes and cheeks. With a session of Blueberry Scone, you'll notice soon after that you're rocking a creative euphoric buzz. These effects make this strain ideal for medical cannabis patients looking to find relief from symptoms associated with gastrointestinal disorders, depression, insomnia, and stress. That's all I've got for this smoke break. Now let's get back to the episode. And now, before we finish off today's interview, I got some fun questions just so the listeners can get to know a little bit more about you. Okay. What's your favorite strain? Ooh. Ah. Ah, shit. What's that one? Oh, oh, Cheetah Piss. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's the one. They got it at Grasshopper. That's a good one, Cheetah Piss. Cheetah piss and then GMO second. I know you're going to ask for that, but I'm just. <laughs> oh, that's cool. That's cool. Uh, okay. Is cheetah piss and cat piss the same strain? Because I think I've had cat piss. 
it's a mixture of something. It's a mixture of the cat piss and something else. Yeah, okay. So, yeah. It's like uh, the cat piss I have not had in a long time, but I remember lighting a bowl of that. And my husband was like, at the time it was my boyfriend, but he was just like, what the fuck is happening? Like, where is that smell coming from? He's going all around the house trying to find it. Like, yes, yes, yes. That's my favorite. Okay. Because we have two cats, too. So he was like, oh, it's going to go down. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, it's definitely it. That's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, it's a nice funky one. Mm-hmm. Okay, next. What's the weirdest food you've ever eaten? I am a very picky, so I don't try a lot of stuff. I would probably say eel sushi and I didn't like it. Okay. Yeah, I'm a very picky eater too. Like for me, I don't care. Even if it's like it could be the most delicious thing in the world, if it looks off, it's if it looks like it's got a weird texture, I'm not eating it. Yes, I'm a very I'm a texture person. I don't want nothing with eyes. Oh no, I you know what the weirdest thing I ate. My mama gave me. I never forget when I was ten years old. She gave me ten dollars to try some octopus, and I about threw up, and I was crying at the table. <laughs> that would be the one. <laughs> But I tried it fried and it was good, but I couldn't. Oh my word! No, see, I'm a texture person, and I think that traumatized me. I had to be like ten. Yeah. Mm-mm. Okay. Mm-mm. See, I like um, I like fried calamari. It tastes like tater tots to me. I yeah. It does not taste. You said like tater tots. Mm-hmm. Maybe I was at somewhere where it was the bottom of the fryer. I yeah. was younger. I was like, so. I was like, wait a minute. Like, I didn't, I didn't so have the- I have not tried it since I've been an adult. When I say I'm picky, like, I'm, I literally, like, live off of turkey, chicken, and alfredo. I got to get my life together. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Yeah. I, I'm just, uh, I'm just such a texture person. Like, I just can't. I don't like bread pudding because if it's just, it's just wet bread. I just. Yeah, I just. Can't. I just can't. Oh my goodness! So no. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but I'm working on it. I'm work. I'm starting to try more stuff like ramen. Yeah. For me, what I've noticed is I I've got to get like the right strain to where like I don't care what it is. I'll like I'll throw together just like any mix and match in the kitchen mm-hmm. and eat it. I got to get that type of strain. Ooh. Yeah, that's the best. I, I get what you're saying because I have had some really good strains lately. That I, because I'm, I struggle with eating sometimes. Like my weight go up and down. Like mm-hmm. I don't be hungry all the fucking time. You know, you gotta smoke to eat. Yeah, you know. So it's one strain I, I ate a whole fucking bowl of food the other day, and I was like, that's so I get what you're saying. There's some certain terpenes that'll make you hungry, and really learning your terpene profile. Yeah, for me, I think it's anything that's strong and carry off and lean that gets me just like, it gets me going. Because, like, I've been doing a lot of different strain reviews, and I'm, like, looking at the um, the parents, the lineage. I'm like, all right, I've done about, like, six, five or six of these now where the parent has been, like, Gelato 41. So I'm thinking this is my strain. Okay, Gelato 41. Okay. See, and I really need to get a little bit more of that. Like, you know, like looking into because i be like i like sativas and i'm really getting into more terpenes and understand what's for me because i can tell i'm allergic to some strains for sure oh i didn't know you could be allergic to strains 
Yes, you can. And uh, when I went and got an allergy test, they told me that you could bring the uh, cannabis in and they would be able to test it because it's a few. I've tried like three different strains that make me, I feel like they gave me COVID, man. They hurt my throat. Like I was like, nah, uh, and I could feel it in my nostrils. It was something in it. So definitely if you ever smoke anything and like your throat feels like you know if it's really rough on your throat or you just feel like you're coughing extra afterwards mm-hmm. i've seen this girl the other day i just watched her i literally was like what's wrong with you you look like you have an allergic reaction and her eyes were swelling up because she smoked somebody's weed like just from passing the blunt sister yeah that's crazy you can't puff puff pass nothing mm-hmm. no because you got to think about where it's grown the because you know they say try honey from your local uh, local farmer's market because it'll help the pollen and stuff. But if you get some weed from 10 miles away and you're not used to whatever they're growing with, what products they have, you know? Y'all know these folks out here growing. And then Oklahoma, they got some a lot of bad weed out here. They got ounces going for You can get ounces for like $20, $30, girl. It just depends on where you go. Oh, okay. Hmm. It doesn't sound the prices are intriguing. Oklahoma is wide open, honey. That's they trying to get it in control now. But yeah, you can get an ounce for it it can go from anywhere from twenty to two something, just depending on where you're going. I mean, there'd be some good trees. I can get some good shake for fifty eight fifty dollars okay. right now. I can get a good ounce or something for fifty dollars. Cause me, I mean, I don't need extravagant. Okay, yeah. See, I don't have to have anything extravagant either. Like as long as the smoke is hitting, that's all mm-hmm. I, I don't want no mid neither now. Right, but right. I do. You know, I don't. I don't need to pay to a look. I'm. I'm be adulting now. I can't. <laughs> I can't be out here paying two eighty for an ounce a week. Nah, mm <laughs> Can't do that no more. No, no, no way. Nah, especially when I seen these prices. When I be going back home in Georgia, I be like, uh, uh-uh, I'm not buying a week. I'm not paying the price. <laughs> I'm not paying seventy dollars for a three five or a seven. Nope. Mm-mm. Yeah, that's crazy. Like, um, the strains here that like the cookies and stuff. I, I have yet to try cookies like um, I've had it before, but not from the dispensary because I am not paying no $50, $60 for an eighth. I spent yeah, an eighth in like two days. That's going to no. Yeah, I'm not doing it. I'm sorry. No. Um, so what is y'all's industry like? Uh, is it medical? Yeah, it is medical. Okay. And um, it's pretty, like, it's pretty broad range as far as, like, the different grade of flour. You can get some pretty decent flour for, like, very low price. Like, the dispensary I go to, um, they've been having sales since September now for, like, $8 eighths. Okay. Okay. Um, but then they have, like, the like the wrapper weed and stuff, and that's going to be more like the, the $50, $60 an eighth. And um, they got the Tommy Chong, but that's even that's like reasonably priced. You can get that on sale too. The concentrates is the thing where the prices you lost me on them, and like the vape carts too. 
you have uh, yes, but I don't be doing all that. The, the gram of vape cart is like eighty dollars, eighty ninety dollars. Really? Yeah. What? No, sometimes like I saw one and they were like they were like okay, what? you can get this one gram for a hundred ten dollars. Like no fucking way. Oh, they got them for like five ten dollars out here. They got them. You can grab them by the bowl at the dang register. What? Man, I'm telling you, Oklahoma is crazy. Five dollars. They ain't got enough people to regulate the amount of dispensaries and different stuff they got out here. They're trying to crack down now. Yes, they got like grab bowls at registers. Now, that's why I just stick to one dispensary. I'd be like, y'all got too much out here for me. Y'all don't know what's going in these things. All the, I can't. It's too much. Yeah, I mean, why, why, why? Here, everybody's like, oh, yeah, I want I want a dispensary. Oh, I want weed. But then when it comes time to like actually get down to it, nobody wants it in their town. And so we've got one dispens we got maybe two dispensaries in this town and the next one is like thirty miles over. Dang. So that's why they dang they charging that much for a cart? That's crazy. Yeah, I would not no. That's why I had to learn real quick, bro. Like it ain't that imp I I love the benefits of cannabis, but it's not that important. If you gotta spend all of your check to partake in dads and different stuff it's not it's not about the health benefits no more you know yeah. like it's really recreational out here and that's where i wish like you know i'd be having to remind myself also like with the, the events i'm more out with some like the record the recreational events so just like some smoking events i just can't do too many of those no more yeah yeah fair fair enough because i can see you just going like I could go through a lot of like dabs, flour, not even think about it. That's why I got to really watch myself. Otherwise, my money's gone. And then I'm just like, oh, mm -hmm. I still got to get groceries. I got to pay bills. Yeah. Like, what? I got to adult. Yeah, I got I to slow down. Yeah, you know, really. And that's why, I don't know. I'm going to see if, like, if it goes wreck, how that's going to, you know, because I mean, I don't know. They've been going up and down on like different stuff. So really trying to shop around and find prices because a lot of grows are shutting down out here. They got a lot of different things and regulations that they're figuring out systems and stuff going into place. So don't be surprised. I mean, hopefully maybe Arkansas open up a little bit, but I think a lot of people see how crazy Oklahoma went because they didn't expect it to pass out here. Yeah. So they didn't really implement laws the way that they should have. So it was like, man, girl, when I, t when I say Oklahoma is so small and they have like like 12,000 dispensaries what? out here and Oklahoma is like, literally my sister lives three hours away and she met somebody that knows me from selling pies. That's how small Oklahoma is. Big, but small. That's crazy. And they got 12,000 dispensaries. I'm, I'm looking this up right now. There are 38 dispensaries in Arkansas. 38? 38. The whole state? Yes. What you mean 12,000? That's crazy. Bro, and when I say it's, they, they were, that's why we is so, like, cheap out here. It's because it's a, it's, literally, it's a snowstorm, and I literally drove two minutes. Like, do you, I can literally go to a stop sign. Like, it's like five houses down, and it's a dispensary, and I got some weed and came back home. That's crazy. Okay. I could have walked to it, but I was too fucking cold. Oh, oh yeah, it's cold. <laughs> yeah. That's how, it's so many and then it's literally one down the street that's a car is a car salesman. It's a car lot and a dispensary. 
what? <laughs> and then across the street is another one, kind of love. Yeah, yes, it's literally right now. I can probably count ten dispensaries within ten, five or ten minutes of my house. That's nuts. maybe tw- maybe twenty. Yeah, it says that there are thirty-three dispensaries in total, with twenty-two currently operational. Twenty. Wow, man, because they're trying to make some money off of this weed, man. They are definitely trying to, man. That's why I'd be like. I'm trying to figure out how I can just stay um, ancillary, um, you know, like just on the side of not touching the flower <clears throat> um, and just kind of see how I can go from there because, you know, I mean, it's already hard for us to get into the industry and then all the red tape and the money you got to spend out and yeah. Yeah, getting into the, into the cannabis industry from what I heard is quite a you don't need to have just like chump change laying around. This is Oh, no, no, no. A lot of money. Mm-mm. When they first uh, legalized it here, they it was only 2500 to get like a processing license. So I could have came here and started doing edibles and stuff like that. But I know in Georgia, it was they weren't even giving out license and the application was 25,000. Wow. And now here, the application and the license, I think, was 2500 So everybody got a license. Everybody got a license. Everybody got a license. You get a license. You get a license. Cause you, who, I could have raised 2500 and got a license. Like, shit, let's, let's do it. Yeah. But no, they just, I do believe they went up to either 10000 or 25000 $25, They don't went up on the new own because, I mean, it's so many. They can't regulate everybody that's out here. Yeah. It's too much. They can't even regulate all the grows, the weed. It's cold right now. So what weed they got out here right now? Look look at it. So what? You got to harvest literally in like October and let that weed stretch you and make it till it start getting warm. So, or unless you indoor. Yeah. Yeah, so it's been a lot. It's been a lot going on out here in these Oklahoma streets. Wow. And I'm sure if somebody else knows a lot more than I do. I just be watching, mm-hmm. sitting back, and, you know, paying attention a little bit. Yeah, I definitely, there's definitely people that know a lot more about the Arkansas uh, medical cannabis um, program than me. Uh, I probably know more about other states just by talking to other people. I haven't really talked to many or interviewed many people here in Arkansas. But, yeah, it's just, I, I've heard some wild stuff. All right, all right. What, what is your favorite restaurant? Goodness, you know these questions right now. Oh, I would probably say, see. Do we gotta be like something that it's not changing? No, just right? I'm gonna say Kaleka's. This is it's this place called Kaleka's. I'm pretty sure I'm saying it wrong. It's this taco place. If I was to like go somewhere right now, it would probably be. Oh, I just lied. I'm sorry. Restaurant? They ain't got no restaurant, but LaRue's Kitchen. They got this little trap kitchen situation. I'm going to say that taco place would be next. It's this local business here. Oh, my goodness. I just lied. I'm sorry. LaRue's Kitchen. They be making fish. They like Cajun food here in Tulsa. They be making fish, loaded macaroni. They do this bus of pasta, which is like a lemon pasta with like a fish 
can get shrimp on it. Oh my goodness, they got peach cobbler. That's my favorite restaurant. That sounds good. There's some place out here. I um, they only had a little pop up at a um, Renaissance festival that I went to, and I haven't been to their actual brick and mortar place, but they have Greek food, and it's like the only Greek restaurant I know around here. Like. It is good. Like the the spinach pie, I thought I was gonna cry. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Bars. <laughs> okay. See, okay, and I gotta also expand. I've been eating a lot of like ramen and trying different like pad thai. But I'm also looking into trying like more like Thai food, really expanding my palate, you know. So I'm gonna have to try that Greek food. Yeah, the only ramen recipe I know how to make is I make um like a general's chicken. And I make the, the same sauce that I make for the um, chicken. I also make a little bit for the ramen as well. Or I'll make like a, a gourmet mushroom ramen. Oh, okay. Oh, see, look, I'm going to have to go eat ramen tonight. See, and that's my, that was a difficult question for me because here in Tulsa, they like have chain restaurants and different stuff, but everything is so local here like you it's small businesses here so people don't be knowing you know so oh i I love food i love to go smoke and go try some food so i'd be like everywhere man i got waffle that it's oh my goodness it's it's some very amazing like black food like uh restaurants here too Ooh, okay uh look i'm telling you juneteenth or if you hear about the legacy festival if you don't come for nothing else I'm telling you, Miss Cadetta, if you don't come for nothing else, Juneteenth, you should try to come down here. It's I want to say it's like a four day event. Try to come like Friday or Saturday. Mm, okay. All right. All right. I'll try. I'll try. But I'm also in the middle of like a move. Things are chaotic. So if things like if if I get my funds right by then, which hopefully, but with like the whole um. With I guess the war that made gas prices and groceries go up, yeah, everything. Oh, my my check my checks are just I'm still adjusting. <laughs> I'm not, me too. Look, that's aren't we all? That's why I'm like, bro, I ain't I ain't sugar baby type, but it's looking real real enticing these days. I just can't no more. I feel you though. But we're going to pray on it. We're going to speak. Next year, 2023, is going to be a, a different type of year. You're going to be able to come down here. We're going to be able to meet. And I'm telling you, it's going to be beautiful. We're claiming it. Yes. Do you have any New Year's resolutions? Um, ooh. Yes. Um, one of my New Year's resolutions is to be more disciplined and to change my mindset and see myself and actually actually see and feel and not be fearful and see myself in different higher places and not be afraid of those higher places and not be afraid of failure. Oh, okay. So really just a perspective change for 2020. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yes. Um, and getting, I would say getting out of, yeah, getting out of the nine to five mindset or like you know like being being okay and being a shifting my mind from entrepreneur to small business owner to large-scale business i'll be working on that you gotta gotta work on that big boss lady mindset 
you know when you when you first and you haven't seen these things and you see the hurdles and what it takes you know like shit we already making it through life and then you choose to be an entrepreneur oh lord <laughs> man yeah so it's but i love it though you can wake up whenever you want to so yes like you said that big boss lady mindset and you know believing in myself man that waking up whenever you want to i gotta get to that point man look right now look we we getting it we gotta make sure we, we gotta get the income we gotta get the bag so it's gonna get the we wake up with the schedule you know we don't wake up past nine o'clock now early bird early bird gets the worm but i'm still trying to figure it out i don't want people to, like i'm you know wanting to make sure i can have that income as an entrepreneur having faith that i can you know i see people out here to be taking trips and doing stuff all the time and i'm like how was you doing this this is just, I don't know. <laughs> I just want to live lavishly. Jesus. But it's coming. You know, we're going to appreciate it. I see it. I foresee it. Got to keep speaking it. And what are your three favorite ways to get stoned? Um, Pre-roll. Okay. Um... I would say edible by drink of some sort. Okay. It kicks in faster. Um, what other ways can you get high? Shoot, edible, look. I don't really care for dabbing and stuff like that. Okay. So, um, and I don't like vapes. Okay, you don't like vapes, don't like dabbing. Uh, you, what about bongs? I could do a bomb. I could do a bomb. But you know what I also I like the um like a steaming type situation. Kinda of like a hot box. Oh, okay. I could do something like that where I'm not like I don't actually have to puff it, but like if I just if somebody did like a smoking sauna, I'll sit in that bitch. Okay. <laughs> that, that that sounds like a whole like a whole vibe. They got these little boxes out here they be having at events where they literally just put pounds of weed. Oh my goodness, pounds of weed in the thing and it burns and it's literally just a hot box. Yeah. But it'd be so many people in there. But if it was like a personal one, I would do that. That's crazy. See, that doesn't even sound like, and there's a medical there? Yeah, right. What is going on? Like here, like you can't even smoke on the street. <laughs> they see they're trying to change that law too, because you can smoke cannabis anywhere. You can smoke a cigarette here. Oh, oh. Yeah. Uh huh. But if it's like private property or somebody says you can't, you know, smoke here, yeah. you know, I still be iffy because you know it's downtown and shit. Don't be coming to Tulsa and thinking you can smoke anywhere downtown now. Okay. Don't be telling them I said that. Don't quote me on this. You know. <laughs> but, uh, but nah, yeah. It, it is. You know, it literally, you come out here and be like, this is medical? Ain't no way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wild, wild stuff. Okay, and finally from my questions, can you tell the listeners at home how to find your business and follow you online? You can find my business at 8... 28.llc is my website that is the number eight and you spell out 20 with the number eight 
at the end.llc for my website. So if you just want to see my cakes and what they look like and any events and my socials are linked to my website. But if you do not go to my website and you would like to find my Instagram, you can find my business page at baked by 828. That is baked B Y dot. 828 and you spell out eight with the number 28 and my personal instagram is black butterfly that's b-l-c-k-b-u-d-d-e-r-f-l-y you know you can also follow my events page as well you know gotta cover all avenues Yes, yes, and everything will be linked in the show notes for listeners who are interested in getting to meet Ebony more, checking out more of her stuff. And thank you so much for this delightful conversation today. Of course, this has been amazing. You're definitely gonna have to do this off of the chat if you ever. I would love to come back if you ever look. Just let me know, and then I know other people, bro. Let me know. I would love to thank you so so much for having me. Yes, of course. If you got buddies that want to come on the show, let them know. Everybody come on the show. I will. I know some ama- some amazing people out here. Vanessa Cole, Jasmine Frost. Yes, so I'll definitely let them know. All thank right. you again. Well, yes, thank you so much for joining me today, and I will see you around. Yes, you have a blessed one. If you're tired of choking while you're token and those harsh hits that make your throat feel like it's on fire, I've got a solution for you. Everybody loves a nice bong, but how about something better? Well, although you may not have heard of it before, I want to put y'all in the know about smoking lamps. A smoking lamp is a device designed with similarities to a bong, but easier to clean with a larger globe. That means more water to filter cleaner smoke and deliver more flavorful, robust hits to your lungs. And did I mention it's more durable too? You can check out the wide collection of smoking lamps at unionsquarelamps.com and use the code SMOKE2SMOKE for 25% off. That's S-M-O-K-E, the number 2, S-M-O-K-E, for 25% off your future purchases. I've got a piece crafted from a Kraken Spice rum bottle that I've been in love with since my first toke. If you want to get in on the action, use the code and check out the site. Enjoy! Psst! Hey you! Yeah, you! Do you have a question you want to ask or do you want to submit an idea for a future show? Email me at smoke2smoke420 at gmail.com or send the show a voice message on Anchor FM. Please be sure to give the show a review and share this show at your next smoke sesh. The podcast email will be included in the show notes. Also, did you know that after a long time coming, Smoke to Smoke is finally available on Apple Podcasts and everywhere else you stream your favorite shows? That's right. The show is now right alongside with the best of them. And don't forget, for the latest updates when the show airs, sneak peeks into my Canna adventures, and for educational cannabis infographics, you can check out Smoke to Smoke on Instagram at Cannabuzz. That's going to be Smoke to Smoke underscore podcast. 
The podcast is still currently hardcore shadow banned on Instagram, so the best way you can help the show continue to grow is by word of mouth. Share the show with your friends and Canna family and let them know that they can now enjoy the show too wherever they stream. And don't forget to follow the show wherever you're streaming it right now so you're the first one to know when a new episode drops. Thank you for tuning in this week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Smoke to Smoke. I really hope you enjoyed it. As a matter of fact, if you did, please be sure to review the show wherever you stream, and don't forget to check out Black Butterfly on Instagram to see some of the latest big moves Ebony is making in the cannabis industry. Everything will be linked in the show notes for you to check out, and that's all I've got for this week. To all my listeners near and far, no matter where you are, remember to smoke responsibly. And I'll see you next Wednesday.